Hello and welcome to Tammy Ginders. It's once again that time of the week where we're wondering about all sorts of things. Today, Peel Hill and death. Oh, that's a cheery mix. Uh, I've got a challenge with a plastic bottle, which is in front of you, which may or may not work. And we might go looking for a bit of flurry fording again. Yes, remember that. Well, all sorts as per normal in the programme. And uh, we were having, I was going to say having fun out west. That sounds like it might be a euphemism, so I don't know if I should say that or not. <laughs> It wasn't a euphemism until you said it could be one. It does sound like it should be a euphemism. Well, West is best. Yes, (laughs) so I'm told. I mean, I don't know. Do you prefer South? You're a West girl, really, you're a West girl. I'm a West person, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, We have been over in the west of the island. We were thinking, and if we can, what we might try and do is revisit the joys of, because it's become so topical again, I was wondering whether, I was wondering, you see what I did there, uh, whether we should revisit the joys of sea swimming, which now seems to be, it seems to be more difficult to find someone who's not sea swimming, sweet, I can't say it, sea swimming, than someone who is sea swimming. It really has taken off in a big way, hasn't it? And I first did it, as you may remember, if you listened to Tamagindus last autumn, I went along with Christy because she'd been going fairly often with a group of friends of hers. And as I said at the time, I do not even do cold water in a swimming pool. So um, I just I just don't do cold water. Even on holiday, I struggle to get in the pool. I much prefer just to be sat on the side, you know, with the sun. So it took a lot of persuading for me to do it, particularly in the sea, because you just, you know, it's the sea, isn't it? Um, when you say just the sea, you're talking about the temperature or things you might find in it. Unfortunately, it's a bit of both isn't it? It is a little bit of both, but let's gloss over that. Mm. Um, and I, so I went for the first time and it was it October or November and it was cold. There was something incredibly invigorating about it. And I can't say that I go every single week now, but I've certainly done it sort of, you know, another at least half a dozen times since then, um, particularly with the same group of people, because there's something very bonding about that. Um, it is beautiful out in Fenella and that's um last time I did it a few weeks ago um was in there for about 20 minutes and I properly swam I mean my feet were off the ground and everything um and this in a wetsuit or, or no, cosy no I was just in a cosy yeah, this okay. time um, but I did there was a lovely lady it was actually her birthday and she goes sea swimming all the time and she lent me her gloves she had special um sort of I don't know what you'd call them but special sea swimming gloves. swimming gloves swimming gloves mm. um and it made the world of difference because that's the thing I really struggle with is the the coldness in your extremities. It made such a difference having warmer hands, um, cold everywhere else, but warmer hands. And yeah, so it was it was amazing. And it's just that initial getting in. I think if you can get over that and sort of keep under for a few seconds, it does actually get a little bit easier. And then when you come out, I'm looking. I've got one of those big dry robe things. So you sort of warm off um, fairly quickly. But apparently, it's important not to warm up too quickly. You have to sort of well acclimatize a little bit so you wouldn't want to go and sort of walk into a sauna mm. straight afterwards because you know it's a bit of a, a shock in body temperature but there is something in it and it is it's a unique experience and I think you need to try it well you know what I mean I was I like to think of myself as being at the vanguard the very early vanguard because again I haven't actually been in the sea at all uh oh two years maybe more Three years. I can't remember the last time I said, well, I can, I think, but it, it's got to be a minimum of two years, put it that way. That said, if I go back much further, as in 
35, maybe 40 years. Mm, yeah, somewhere in that region, I would have thought. Um, then my brother and myself were, before the New Year's Day dips became trendy, we used to do New Year's Day dips. I think, I don't know when the Peel one started. There maybe I'm sure there might have been some hardy souls somewhere doing it. But, I mean, way back in the day, and I'm talking you know, early 1980s, something like that, my brother then, we were doing pantos, and my brother said, I've got a good idea for a party. Let's go and get Dad to drop us down on the Douglas Promenade tomorrow morning before midday, and we'll go for a swim in the sea. And, of course, it sounds like a great idea when you've had a few beers. Uh, but we, having told several people who were going to do it, of course, you're then obliged to you know, live, go through with this boast. So we did. And it's a bit like you said, we went in. It was incredibly cold, but we did go in. We did swim for a few minutes, then came out again. And it was pretty cold coming out. Um, but, yeah, quite sort of invigorating. And then we thought, right, we'll do it again next year. And so we did it for several mm. years on the trot. And then one year it didn't happen, and that was it. Then we'd never done it since. And by that time, I think the Peel one certainly had started off, maybe some of the others, and again, that had get, gathered a head of steam. And now, of course, you go around the island, pretty much any beach you care to mention, you'll find people going for a dip. But- and Yeah, I think it does, for mm. some people, become quite addictive. So I've got a friend who, again, sort of started off towards the end of last year, found it really difficult going in, but now will go in at least once a day. And we'll find any opportunity to go in and just have a few minutes. So I don't know. I mean, it's quite a sort of meditative experience because you can't focus on anything else other than the fact that it's cold. It's not the extremities Um, for me. It's the nether regions. That's what I always think. I'm fine. Hands and feet usually fine. It's just when it gets up to your bits. Maybe you can get some sort of special. Can you get like like, like a warm patch? Like a sort of cosy waterproof patch? This conversation's going where I really don't want it to go. And now when we go swimming, that's all I'm going to be thinking about. Well, I bet you someone makes one. There will be a little cosy pouch, won't there? Well, maybe, you know, in the same way you've got those warm gloves, special sea gloves. I don't know. Maybe there is. Just one of those. Yeah, we could just (laughs) just use one of the little fingers, yeah? Anyway, this is Tamagindis here on Manx Radio. Yes. And if you were listening last week, we were talking to Roy Baker, who is the font of all knowledge, I believe, when it comes to all things peel. And we were talking about spit corner or weather glass corner. And um, we spent a little bit more time with him and found out some more interesting peel facts. Well, we are here in Peel once again, and I suggested last time that when we were talking to Roy Baker that he'd probably have many more stories and uh, interesting facts up his sleeve, and I don't think I was wrong, because we are standing once again at Weatherglass Corner or Spit Corner, whichever you prefer to refer it to, and we're looking up at what I always call Peel Hill. Now, I assumed that the whole lot was Peel Hill, but apparently, Roy, I was wrong. No, it's half Peel Hill, half Knockalo. I took a number of years ago, I, I was asked by the Cloth Workers Primary School to take the teachers around the harbour side to tell them the history of the harbour, or as much as I could do. And uh, we, we were looking at the hill and I says, oh, by the way, the Vikings called this Horse Hill, which they actually did. It resembled the back of a horse. And uh, they were all looking at it, well, we can't see that. And I said, well, if you squint your eyes, you can. Well, I had... 30 school teachers all with their eyes half shut trying to look up the hill well I can't see it <laughs> and I had to run away with me laughter with my tears coming out of my eyes where's he gone but I mean there must be so many tales associated with the hill I mean I know many people sort of see it as almost a pilgrimage if you get up there to they the do. top and Corrin's Folly Corrin's Tower Corrin's Tower yes is a, 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 that's how he built it he didn't call it a folly but you know well those buildings are follies aren't they so, so he would, 
he built this. I think it was 1806. He he built the thing, and he was uh, told to put block out the windows because people were going on the rocks in their boats. Um, but the Board of Trade, they bought it uh, after he after he died, and he wanted his whole family to be buried up there including himself, which he did bury his family, and there are headstones up there, but they're on the inside. They, that, they were used to block up the windows. Okay. And you can only read them if you get in, which is a difficult situation now. You, you, uh, I've tried my best to take parties up there, and, you know, I know who's got the key, but sadly, because of the situation yeah. it is today, we, you, nobody yeah. can go in. So do we know if they are actually all buried up there? Are they there? They are. When... Uh, Thomas Car- uh, Thomas Carran himself, when he died, his he was a member of uh, a church that met. It'd be opposite the courthouse, I should imagine, on Athol Street in Douglas. And the building is still there. I'm not too sure what it is now. And uh, he was a member of the church there. He he would take his horse and carriage, horse and trap maybe. I'm not too sure to get to it. And he'd be, he preached there, but his son wasn't a member his son was a member of St Patrick's Church in, in, in Patrick in Kirkpatrick, and uh, he wanted to be buried up there in non uh, it wasn't consecrated ground he said uh, God is everywhere sort of thing so so he, he he wanted to be buried up there but his son said no he said yes his son said no so when he died his son made sure he was buried here okay. his friends dug him up <gasps> and uh, uh, took him up the hill where they hid him uh, for a while and the, the eventually the church relented and they, they they he was allowed to be buried up there but the church consecrated the ground mm-hmm. against a bit his, of a compromise it was it was that's just the same as the 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 the, the burials of the the turks at Nokalo. Oh. They, in their religion, they get buried stood up. The, the graves were dug by a local man, an infidel in their eyes, so it had to be completely washed. All of the ground had to be washed, and the, the church wouldn't allow this to be stood up. So what they did, they compromised by putting some bricks under the, the head of the coffin, mm-hmm. so they were on an angle. font of knowledge on all things Peel. He really is. It's fascinating. We spent a merry hour there with Roy just talking about various things and there is something else coming next week and it's a little bit sinister. Oh. Oh. Mm. I tell you what, there's more sinister stuff around the Isle of Man than you like to think, isn't there? I mean, we stuff at Milntown, which is a little bit sinister, and then we did something at uh, the Ginger Hall, uh, I think, uh, last Last oh year, yes, yeah. yeah, we went for that and little there were, there were some tales, some yeah. tales there which are a bit sinister, including sort of haunting and, and some real life. Uh, I'm wondering sad and tragic stories, and you think, gee, I am wondering whether we need to sort of revisit. It's probably an autumn thing, I think, is sort of um, you know the the spiritual side of things. Well, and I maybe, think that's always good for the sort of yeah, yeah. October time. I think we've done Milntown now. I think I don't think we need to sleep there again. I wonder whether there's I still haven't found out else. about the spooky steps. Oh my gosh, do you remember that? Time. So if you haven't listened to that um, Hop Tune special, it is well worth listening back to. So this is where we had um, some microphones placed around Milntown and one of them in the upstairs picked up some footsteps 
I mean, there's no. It is footsteps. There's it, there's nothing else. It could possibly be um and you and uh chris pearson were sleeping there mm-hmm. and adamant that you were both in the same room we you didn't had not hear moved. anything ourselves so this was sort of like middle of night what about sort of 3, 3 p.m ish oh 3:30. i've so i've erased it from my mind and now it's just back and I'm although not sure you see it again it. i mean there was this issue in that we we played it quite a bit we played it on the program we asked various yeah. people we played it to charles guard mm-hmm. who was i mean charles on the one hand i think he's all things milntown again and is fascinated, but naturally, I suppose, is, is, is quite sceptical. Yeah. And he sort of listened to it. Now, again, I haven't, haven't really done much more with it in that, you know, things move, time moves on and et cetera, et cetera. You go on to other things. I did see him earlier this year, and uh, we sort of reminisced on that. And he said, oh, you know, did you ever um, get that original recording from, uh, from Chris and sort of, you know, play it? I said, no. Said, oh, well, I don't suppose I'm that surprised, really, now that I know that I do what I do. I said, what? No, what do you do? He said, oh, no, 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 no we're not, we're not going to go back there again now, and wandered off. And he's never said anything else to me. Knowing now? Well, I, oh I don't gosh. know. There, there was a vague suggestion he still seemed to be that it wasn't... Genuine. Yeah, but Chris, obviously we've had this debate and we had it on air as well, and Chris is absolutely adamant that, no, he wasn't playing around, he wasn't just Well, you would know us. because you were with him, so... Oh, he definitely didn't get up in the night and go and do anything. Oh, my goodness. Whether it was a post-production thing or something, something you put on the tape. To make it sound like I don't know, it, it, Charles can't... was always very sceptical that right. it sounded like sound effects of footsteps. If you know what I mean, yeah. you get a sound effect CD or tape or something from YouTube or whatever. It's a bit like that, mm. okay. too much like that in his ears. We probably do need to revisit the uh, the recording. And then. Chris is adamant. No way, I wouldn't do that. And he'd always be, you know, to be fair to Chris, he'd always been from day one. It'd be yeah. his suggestion to go and Absolutely. do something. And the first thing he said was, "There's no point in doing it. We're going to mess around." Okay. Well, if you have any suggestions of where else we might uh, like to go and visit for a spiritual encounter, then do get in touch and let us know. But it has reached the time of the show where I think we're up for a little bit of a challenge. Well, I'll try. I don't know whether this one I might not even be able to do it or not. So you've um, got a plastic water bottle there, which has got the lid on, and there's a little bit of water in the bottom is that uh, deliberate no that's not really deliberate. oh right so you need away. to pour that away oh I'll pour it into my cup how old is it oh, are you joking oh it's thanks fine. Fine. i had a lovely cup of tea it's all there good. right it's good it's just water water down just water i think anyway uh, right. so the idea is and i don't know that you can do it you screw the cap on and then yep. you have to screw the bottle up really tight so you're basically just trying to scrumple the bottle what are you doing i'm trying to screw the Right, so he's got his hands and he's wringing the bottle with all his might, but it's not it's going difficult. terribly well. No, it's not. Goodness knows where this is going. Right, okay, so he's uh, really going for it now. Just pretend it's someone you don't like. Okay, like that. And then the idea is then you try and, try and, try and get into that. You're trying to compress the air into the top end. Right. But this bottle is pretty touchy, so I don't know if do it or not. Stay with us, dear listener. It will be worth it in the end. Right, okay. It's and given the it idea a good... is when you take this lid off, yeah. you sort of, you condense the air and you get like a little cloud that comes out. Okay, so we're looking for a little cloud that's coming out the bottle. Okay, right, so the lid's coming off. Oh, Did you hit? No. You could hear the air could... coming out. But I failed, in t- and failed entirely. Gosh, that was fun. Oh. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Do you want I've me seen, to have a go? I've seen it done. I'll tell you yeah. what, I'll have a go. And, right. um, you have a go. While I'm uh, ringing right. the bottle for all I'm worth, maybe it's time for a walk down memory lane. What do you reckon? Yes. Well, actually, funnily enough, this came up again quite recently because I was talking to um, Morris, as in Moza, he of um, 
the um, a little light music fame. Our own Morris. Yeah. Um, and he was talking, he played something, and he played a lovely selection of that. Thursday night, 9 o'clock, Manx Radio, of course. And he mentioned uh, Flory Ford. I think he played a bit of Flory Ford quite recently. And I said, oh, do you know about Flory Ford's dog? And he said, no, we don't. Uh, Bonzo. And if you remember, a while back here on the, on the TMG, Tammy Ginders, we went investigating to see whether it's true that Flory Ford's dog is buried in the grounds of what was the Castle Mona, now private, of course, you can't get in there. Lucky we um, did it when we did. Little we did it. We did this quite a while back. And uh, just dog a l- is indeed there. And just have a listen and see who you think has been inhaling helium. <laughs> right. Well, a fine day, thank heavens, on the, um, on the lookout for plaques. There's a sort of plaque theme to Tammy Ginders in these uh, early stages. And this is something that a gentleman of a certain age mentioned to us a while back saying did you know that there is a plaque or sort of like a headstone to Flory Ford the uh, great musical entertainer's dog by the Castle Mona and I didn't nor did Beth at least I don't think she did no I had no idea at all so where is it that is the question so we did think we'd found it but that was actually rubbish just sort of pressed against the, uh, the back of the wall so I don't know if it's further along down here perhaps Right. Let's just take a walk. And um, why would it be here anyway? Well, I, I understand this area used to be grassland uh, a while back, so it's a sort of place that people might have buried their pets. Although, if Flory Ford's dog was here, Flory Ford was well known for having a uh, cottage out by Niarble, so you'd have thought it would have been easier just to bury, bury her there, really. Um, if she did indeed bury a dog down here, but your guess is as good as mine. This is the sort of thing we need to know. Yeah, exactly. This is all grassland here, then? So presumably I think this was all grassland originally, yeah. Yeah, I presume it must be along here, whether it's actually in the base of the wall or if it's in the floor. Well, if push comes to shove, we'll go back to our source and see if he... Uh... You should have got better directions, Howard. It's a nice day, don't grumble. <laughs> ah, now what's this? Oh, it's a satellite dish. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it could be um, on the outside of the wall? Maybe? Well, that's what I'm thinking now. I'm told it's just between, just where the shops are, which is, or above them now, so... Yeah, I think we go and have a look right. over there. down. Hopefully. And if not, um, well, we give up. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, well, it's not down there. Down. Nothing down there. Nothing over... I think we're on the wrong side. I think we need to go back over there in that corner. Well, exactly. It's a gorgeous day, actually. It's really sheltered from the uh, wind here. Yes, this is more like it. We like this weather for hunting for headstones. Now, what's down here? Two big yellow skips, three bags of rubbish. And a partridge in a pear tree. Look at that. She's found it. Hiding behind a skip. There! There we are. We found it. Well, it's better, as I say, we. I was actually hiding behind a skip. And here we have them. Right here, I'll pull, pull that away. There. You can see there's some Very good idea. Now then, let's just. Oop. There we go. And it does mention Florrie Ford. Here lies Bonzo. What a fantastic name. Died the 25th of July 1939, aged 12 years. Florrie Ford's little pal. How's that? Fantastic. 
fantastic. And there's another one here. We can just make it sandy. For nine, nine years. years, faithful friend and companion of Mrs. M. Rogers, is that? Yeah, Rogers. January, January the 30... 31st, 1940. 1940. Now, she could be um, a manager of the hotel, possibly. But here they are, just tucked right at the far end, partially hidden, one almost totally hidden by some gristle in here and some holly tucked away there. You really wouldn't notice them at all. And they're just so sort of small mini headstones, dog-sized headstones, I guess. They're, what, two foot tall? Yeah, it's that, really. I suppose in, I don't know what, granite, I think one of them, is it? Or, I don't know, not much of a geologist, I'm Pretty afraid. substantial. It's a good substantial piece of uh, rough-hewn rock on the back there, set in a Manx sandstone base with ubiquitous empty beer can and a few wrappers and detritus around the bottom there, but otherwise in excellent condition. Well, what do you know? So now then, all we need to do now is why? Why down here? I've it's a real no case idea. of Tammy Gindus, I feel. It really is. Classic there we stuff. Go. Was it you on the helium? Not too it bad. wasn't too bad, actually. I've heard higher recordings of me from years gone by. Ah, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm so glad we did that when we did, because, um, you know, that's another thing that we find with this programme, particularly when we did our Tholton Wanderers series last year, that if you don't go and see some of our little treasures uh, while they're still available, then the chance can all too soon be lost. And what, so, a, what a year, I keep wondering, you can't get there now, obviously, no. it is sort of private land. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did have permission then to go and take a look at it several years back. But are they still there? And more to the point, I don't know what the exact, I can't remember exactly what the development is there now, but do the people know about it? Is it going to be preserved or is it just going to be all trashed? I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? I don't know. It is one of those ones. It's a lovely little thing. I can't find my photos as well. I know we took photos. We did, didn't we? I wonder where they are. I wonder where they are. It might be on my camera or on my phone. Oh, gosh, a camera. Goodness me. Uh, Okay. Another dip in the archive then, and we are enjoying this tape so much that we've decided we're going to keep going with this. It is the Wonderful World of Man cassette tape. It was produced in 1975. The narrator is Jeffrey Krellin. Um, and I think when we left Jeffrey last week, he was talking about the TT. So that really was a different era, wasn't it? What have we got this week right. then? Say so push the button. Okay, push the button. There we go. Lift the fader. Or even further, to Alec Bennett, who won five TTs between 1921 and 1932. The 250s come screaming
The most important thing in the Manx year is the ceremony at Tinwald Hill in St. John's, where the ancient parliament meets on old midsummer day. I'm glad he got onto the Tinwald. I thought we'd lost him for a minute. That as well. Even the bikes sounded higher then, didn't they? They did. Right, we might catch up a little bit more on the Geoffrey and Tim Day in the next programme. Take care now. Bye-bye.